human thought, all science, all religion, is the holding of a candle. Philosophical minds are we human because we gaze at the stars, or do we gaze at them because we are human? Point the tree. Do the stars were right back, they could plunge our world in questions. Sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you are playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today we will be playing session two of Loki's Gift from Calls of Cthulhu, written by Chris Likey, Mike Mason, and friends, and published by Chaosium. Who are you playing and how are you today? How? I'm playing Dr. Ephraim Glifford, and I'm excited to watch the show. Jason. I am playing Gabriella Halsey, and how am I? Well, I'd say a medium. that's great 100 internet points (laughs) noxicals i am playing francis avery and i can't top that pun i'm sorry (laughs) lydia i'm playing alice thorne and i'm sat in the theater ready to glare at anybody using whatever the victorian equivalent of a mobile phone is And I'm Fedra, your keeper for the day, and I'm excited to welcome you in this musical episode. (laughs) You'd better be doing the singing, because we are not ready. I will be describing the singing. I'll, I'll lay down the beatboxing. How? Tell us what happened last time. London, the autumn of 1896. On a chilly evening, a small party arrives at the Kensington abode of Lord Richard Gladstone, a new member of the Spiritualism Society to which they all belong. He has attended recent seances in hopes of contacting his son, who jumped to his death five days ago. Unsuccessful so far, he has grown agitated, and has asked the psychic medium Gabriella to bring her more trusted clients to his aid. Accompanying her are the genteel Francis Avery, chemistry professor, blustering Ephraim Glifford, military doctor, and cool-headed Alice Thorne, philanthropist. Lord Gladstone wants help proving his son Charles, a gifted composer, did not take his own life, whatever the scandal-mongering papers say. He suspects the influence of Charles's unsavoury bohemian friends, among them the actress Margaret Cornwall, and mentions the Pacific Club as one of their haunts. The party agrees to investigate discreetly, starting with Charles's room, which contains a piano and scattered sheet music. Gabriella connects with the spirit realm and receives an impression of darkness and weakening, perhaps a consuming addiction. The others gather more earthly clues. No drug paraphernalia is found, but the unbroken balcony railing suggests the fatal fall was no accident. Francis drops a desk drawer on Alice's head, fortuitously it turns out, since it contains a letter from one Daniel Ridley in Soho. A fellow composer, Ridley expresses concern for Charles Gladstone's health, and says he was hired to assist him in composing the musical score for a play called Loki's Gift, being put on by a Mr. Chillingworth. The scattered musical notation turns out to be this, an unfinished piece in multiple movements, which our investigators unfortunately lack the skills to interpret. 
Charles's father knows little of his son's musical career, but speaking to his sister Catherine proves more helpful. At least, once Ephraim plies Lord Gladstone with more brandy in another room so that she can speak freely. She confirms that Charles lost his way in the last year, drinking and carousing with bad influences, particularly Margaret Cornwall, whom she blames for seducing and breaking him, perhaps even causing his death. Cornwall is starring in a musical called The Shop Girl at the Gaiety Theatre, so our investigators head there, with just a brief detour for Ephraim to pick up his butler's spare suit so he can avoid society gossip. With tickets purchased, they prepare to watch tonight's performance. So, you are outside the theatre, you've just picked up your tickets, um, and you have, I believe, some time before the show starts? Uh, did you say it was 7.30 it would start? Yes, what time is it now? It's now 6.30. Okay. Uh, doors open at 7. And, um, yeah, what would you like to do? Would you like to fast forward to the performance, or is there something you'd want to be doing before that? Do they sell any sort of uh, snacks? Probably after the doors open. Um, yes, very good point. Unless they have, like, a, a little foyer situation. They might do. I mean, they would do. Like a little area for like drinks. Yeah, this is a Western theatre. Okay, in which case they probably have snacks. Snacks here. All right. You can have snacks. Is that seriously your main priority? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Um, that's very silly, actually. What actually is our plan? We're we're aiming to speak to the star. We're just having a good time. <laughs> we're just here for the mm. show. Would it be a sensible idea to go and hang out kind of near the stage door to see if we can spot her coming in? Yeah. Mm, we're not going to be early enough for that, though. Surely she's already inside getting makeup and stuff, right? Oh, she could be. Not necessarily. We've got one hour. It, I suppose it depends if she is really, like, into her musicals or if she's this sort of diva star that would just swan in at the last minute and expects it all to be ready. Mm -hmm. I don't see any harm in having a look. Okay, we can give it a go. We might pick something up. It's a fair point you're making, Hal. What's our actual plan here? Are we just going to rock up into this woman's dressing room and be like, yo, tell us about the dude what died? <laughs> or do we have a better plan than that? Well, we've all got tickets, right? Maybe rather than kind of uh, make a beeline for the dressing rooms now, we could all potentially if we can sit in different parts of um, of the auditorium and just keep an eye out, see if anything weird is going on, you know, if anyone's being, you know, uh, suspicious in the background. I think we, we need to talk to the lady herself, though. So I'm, I'm kind of inclining towards the idea of just splashing a load of cash on... You know, like an extravagant bouquet and just pretending to be super fans. Yeah. And trying to get to her dressing Ooh. room after. Yeah, so send okay. the flowers before, yeah. Right. We must be near Covent Garden, right? There must be flower sellers hanging around the streets. Flowers here. Oh, flowers. I have it. Okay, perfect. Here's what we do. Um, it's the time of Sherlock Holmes. We're in London. You can do this. I grab one of the thousands of street urchins. You can't stop. <laughs> give, the, give her the urchin as a present. <laughs> yeah, I brought you an urchin. I couldn't afford roses. I present a bouquet of urchins. <laughs> That's terrifying. Particularly fragrant ones. 
I've just realized how stupid my plan is in any case. Um, I was about <laughs> You're gonna to... You're going to grab an urge and give it a hundred pounds. Yeah, I was going to hand him a wad of cash and tell him to go buy great flowers, but I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> no, we have to no. go personally. <laughs> I would I'm think sure we'll find would something. flower girls. I mean, that that's like um, my fair lady, right? She was a flower seller in Theatreland. But are those flowers expensive? Are they are they going to be good enough to get us in the door? We have a little while, right? You have half yeah. an hour before the doors open, so you probably have uh, forty five minutes. Right. Well, why don't we just grab a cab, head to some florist, uh, just pick up the best bouquet in the window, and then come right back? Yeah, makes sense. All right. Ephraim's getting quite excited. He doesn't normally get to do this sort of thing because <laughs> he's in he's in his butler's uh, overly large suit. He's like he's incognito. And then <laughs> he's, he's, buy, he's bringing in the super expensive flowers <laughs> while yeah. looking for. He has never once uh, like brought flowers to a showgirl. This is all very uh, you know very risque. As long as his wife doesn't find out. Did we agree the butler's suit was slightly too large for you? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's got a real uh, paunch pocket, which it's is currently confusing. going unused, but I could hide a bouquet in there. <laughs> and that's my plan anyway. Anyone got a better idea? Yeah, I, I think that will work. I guess it does kind of depend on timing a little bit, because um, I imagine a lot of her fans will approach her after the show as opposed to before. We We don't actually know anything about this woman, though. For all we know, she doesn't have any fans. It, it, it's certainly not the most um, reputed of theatres, is it? Well, I suggest uh, if I if I slip a bob or two to uh, one of the concessionary staff, I'm sure they'll hang onto the flowers for us. We can watch the performance and uh, pick them up afterwards, rally around her dressing room then, and, uh, you know, regale her with how much we enjoyed such and such song or what have you. Uh, I mean, that sounds, yeah, that sounds very sensible. In that case, I think we should also purchase programs so we at least know a little bit about what on earth she's singing about. Cracking notion. I say, this is exciting. Definitely. It's not usually my type of entertainment, but, you know, I'll give it a go. Okay, so you're off to buy... Are you all going to buy flowers? Uh, well, I'm Mr. Moneybag, so I guess I'm going. You guys are welcome to come with or stick around and buy programs if you want. Yeah, I'll come with. Why don't I stay and purchase some programs for everybody? have a study of the program. Lovely. They taught us at finishing school, not that they really finished me particularly well, that <laughs> uh, uh, flowers do have a language, you know. There's a code to them. You have to make sure you pick the right ones. You don't want to accidentally call her something unpleasant. No heavens. <laughs> uh, perhaps you'd like to come with me and advise me, Miss Thorne. Uh, well, I shall do what I can. Uh, in which case, I will stay and study the programs with uh, uh, with Gabriella. Okay. Very well. Uh, you managed to get some programs, and uh, you're off to the florist. Every good Call of Cthulhu adventure starts at the florist. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the Call of Cthulhu equivalent of you meet in a tavern, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, it's the gaslight equivalent of the library. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Is there a florist use skill? <laughs> Probably. So, uh, from the program, you learned that it's a light-hearted musical comedy. Um, and you learned that 
the character that Margaret Cornwall is playing is called Bessie Brent, and it's the main character, as you expected. And then, yeah, you learn a bit about the, the plot of the play. At the florist, you see a lot of flowers and some pre-made bouquets, I expect. I'm, uh, I'm relying on your expertise here, Miss Thorne. Uh, time is of the essence, of course. What do, you, what do you think of this one? I would say we want something which declares her to be ravishingly beautiful and wonderfully talented. Uh, right, yes, of course. Uh, Ephraim looks in confusion at the bouquets on display. Uh, what about this one? Roses, yes? Yellow roses, very pretty. And Alice knows a lot more about the Victorian language of flowers than I do in real life. So, uh, unless we want to stop for a quick Google <laughs> while um, I check that that doesn't mean something really awful. Uh, how about we just uh, get the florist to tell us? The florist, yes. uh, short and very pleasant man, approaches you with a smile and he says, Courting a lady today, are we? Um, Ephraim blushes very slightly. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I've just been informed that yellow roses symbolize jealousy, so let's not go for the yellow roses. Unless uh, oh. you want to uh, tell her you're jealous of her, <laughs> her beauty. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it uh, nice and simple. Um, we need a okay for a, uh, I mean... An artistic lady of an artistic temperament. Ooh. Quite Well, uh, there is the, this beautiful arrangement, and it is uh, quite an affordable piece as well. I'm uh, thinking rather well, something a bit more um, showy, you know? She's a show, showgirl style of thing. He looks uh, noticeably excited. He says, well, let me take you to the back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just as long as we're uh, fast. <laughs> yeah, grabs this massive bouquet from the back that is covering his entire face. It's like he's hugging here. This is his entire size. He says, this should do the trick. I raise my I eyebrows. I bet your lady at... will love it. <laughs> raise my eyebrows at Alice. Uh, what say you? I say it's perfectly extravagant. It looks like it's straight out of the hothouse. Uh, as far as I'm aware, that's uh, nothing unpleasant is connoted in the choice. Cracking. Uh, wrap it up in a ribbon. We'll, we'll take it. Excellent, excellent. I fork over some amount of money that is below 50 pounds. Yeah, and uh, off you go with your big uh, extravagant gift. All right. What uh, are the other two doing back at the theater? I'm assuming you've probably read the program and just hang around waiting. Mm. Yes, if they've got any, um, if they've got anything else worthy of looking at, maybe some portraits hanging up, then I think Gabriella would just keep herself busy and slowly walk around perusing. Sounds good. You gaze around. I think we'd check whether or not there's a sort of performer portrait in the program to help us identify her when good she's idea. on stage. I mean, there's a massive picture of her outside the Okay, theater. that makes it easier. <laughs> so that should do it. Yeah, in which case it'll be get a grip of the synopsis of the play um, so that we can say suitably um, sort of worshipful things. Without actually watching the play. <laughs> well, I mean, Francis is sort of assuming that this won't be his bag at all and you'll be completely <laughs> lost and baffled by it all. Um, which probably isn't true, but that's that's his sort of assumption. He's approaching it as a man of science. Um, but I guess the other thing we'll do is we'll try and get a... Well, or certainly I will try and get a sense of who's hanging around the theatre, you know, 
who what do the other patrons look like you know do we seem incredibly out of place what sort of people do they seem like i mean you know using my skills of psychology or whatever to get a sense of the sort of company we'll be keeping probably more middle class than you okay this is uh yeah this is not high art this is more the people's Sure, but nobody seemingly obviously scandalous or anything. No. And then let's say the others return with an extravagant uh, bouquet. Gosh, that is um, quite a big thing. <laughs> Picked up the uh, largest one they had. What? Hopefully she'll be impressed. Uh, hopefully she won't think we're overcompensating. <laughs> no, heck, I <laughs> don't, don't quite know what you mean. It's not the size of the bouquet, it's what you do with it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it will be fine, though, Ephraim. Good, good. Uh, just ask that fellow over there to look after it. Excuse me. Okay. I give him some money. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, just in time, the doors have already opened and the first bell is heard. Yeah, take our seats. And uh, you watch a lovely show. An attractive and charming London shop girl, Bessie Brent, Margaret herself, is in love with Charles Appleby, a poor but lively medical student from a good family. She also meets a good-hearted millionaire, John Brown, who had gone out in the steerage of a liner to become a miner and had struck it rich in Colorado. The millionaire has come back to London to look for the daughter of his mining chum, to whom a fortune of £4 million was due. She is to be identified by a birthmark. The daughter, of course, turns out to be the shop girl, and after a few misunderstandings, she agrees to marry her sweetheart. A happy ending, lots of laughter, and you leave almost having forgotten the somber mission you're on, and uh, very impressed with Margaret's performance playing Bessie herself, the star of the show. There we go. Applause and lights. And people start getting up and, uh, yeah. That was more enjoyable than I was expecting. Yeah, I, I don't mind admitting I, I, I quite I quite enjoyed it. Hmm. Totally unrealistic, of course, but oh well. <laughs> it was a nice respite from our previous activities. I rather liked it. The part where they all lined up like that and did the, you know, the bit with the... Very good, I thought. The bit with the thing, yes. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, perhaps we should try and wade through the crowds and get towards the dressing room. Do we see anyone else headed in that direction? Are there any other bunches of flowers weaving their way through the crowd? Uh, yes, but none as extravagant as yours. Aha. <laughs> we have outflowered them. <laughs> I'm probably not used to shouldering my way through a crowd, though. So... I mean, it's not crowd. It's like three... Um... Small groups of people, like two to three people, just going to okay. get their autogra the autographs and stuff. Um, if you watch those people, you notice that they go up to a door, a stage door that is guarded by a doorman. Um, he's looking quite muscular and intimidating. Uh, and if you look at them for a little bit, you notice them turn around and walk away in disappointment. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, he hasn't seen our extravagant bouquet, so let's not let that put us off. I'm, I'm not entirely certain how these things work, but um, it might be necessary to um, tip the doorman as well, I would think. 
Oh, absolutely. And not necessarily with money either. Ooh. And um, Gabriella is going to put on her charm <laughs> and uh, use the flow of her clothes to her advantage and saunters up to him. <laughs> my, my, sir, you uh, you look like you've had a very hard day. Let me let me buy you a drink at the bar. Well, I, I don't drink on the job, but uh, thank you, missus. I'm here to uh, guard the stage door and... Uh, I don't know if you're a fan, but I'm afraid I can't let you through. Uh, you see, uh, my Miss Margaret is, is busy. She refuses to see anyone she doesn't personally know. Are, are you with these people over there? And she points to the rest of you with a bouquet. Gabriella makes a point to look away a bit inside and say, I see. Yes, I, I am with them. We are, we are fans indeed um, of uh, Miss Cornwall, but we have come a very long way to see her. And, you know, we have we have gone out of our way to purchase this incredible bunch of flowers for her. These are her favorites, I hear. Hmm. Well, uh, she does appreciate an expensive gift. Uh, would you and, like to um, roll that charm? I certainly will. Uh, you've, you've been waiting for it. Hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, I also um, get, out, um, get out some money uh, myself and press it into his hand. Okay. And say, I'm sure you like expensive gifts as well, sir. <laughs> okay, here we go. You can have a bonus day. Oh, thank God for that, because that roll was terrible. <laughs> uh, oh, do I spend three points of luck to make it an extreme? I don't think you need to. I mean, you don't actually want a date with the guy, right? <laughs> you don't want him to become obsessed with you and then chase you around. And then Gabriella marries the doorman. <laughs> we abandon the mission. Now we're going to the wedding. We can pick up NPCs as we go along. That's how it works, right? And now we have a backup character. Yeah, he's going to be a backup character. Okay, I'll keep it as a, as a heart then. You have a bow. Well, I'm sure you're... Uh... Your gifts will be very much appreciated by Miss Miss Cornwall and uh, well, uh, you little lady, uh, you don't want to intimidate her with your good looks, so try not to flaunt them too much. Oh, I'll keep them exclusively for you. <laughs> he fans himself. <laughs> Alice is slightly rolling her eyes in the background, <laughs> but luckily she's got her dark glasses on, so you can't see it. Uh, and he opens the door and. Uh, Says just up the stairs is her, her room. Thank you kindly, sir. Is Alice wearing Victorian sunglasses indoors? Yes, for the aesthetic. That's <laughs> too cool. Sorry, I couldn't let that pass. <laughs> and uh, I turn back to the others and just give a little motion with my head as in, follow me. You're welcome. <laughs> my word, Gabriella. You do know how to turn on the charm. It is part of the job, Alice. These silly men, they'll fall for anything. I mean, no, I didn't mean that the way it sounded exactly, but you know what I mean. These silly men, always so easy to fall for a pretty face. Gabriella just slowly does a long smile and, and just watches you dig and dig into your hole. <laughs> Imagine Francis has gone bright red. Put the shovel down, mm. Alice, and step away mm. from the hole. Ephraim, uh, would you like to do the talking since you're the one who purchased the flowers in the first place? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to say no, but I guess maybe he's fine with it. 
Yes, you know what, well, Ephraim doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't feel exactly at home in these circumstances, but he's, he's not one to, um, to shirk a fight, so he uh, strains his shoulders. Also, you're a rich old white dude, do you think you're great at everything? Uh, Absolutely. Really the I sense of entitlement kind of follows you around. You're right. I'm going to let that privilege just buoy me up, uh, straight my shoulders, <laughs> and uh, off we go. Uh, before we go in, how, how are we going to broach the subject? That's a jolly good question, Avery. Hmm. Carefully. <laughs> good call. Cool, done. All right, here we go. <laughs> taxes, my middle name. <laughs> I had taxes. What? I had tax evasion. Taxes, my middle name. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, so, I'm all in favor of taxes. I'm from <laughs> the landed gentry. I freaking love taxes. No. All right, in we go. So, about this bloke you killed. <laughs> No, but we go in. Uh, no, we, we knock. We knock politely on the door. Come in. And uh, we do. I enter holding the flowers. Flowers? For little old me? Oh, you shouldn't have. Uh, yes. Welcome, welcome. You see Margaret. She's a fair-haired white woman of great beauty. She's in her 30s and her features are growing a little bit thin already. She asks you with a flirty smile on her face, what might be the reason for your wonderful visit? Handsome. She gives you a little, little wave, a little flirty wave. <clears throat> well, uh, my, uh, my associates and I were, uh, were oh. great admirers. Just seen your wonderful performance. Oh. Uh, thought we'd um, share appreciation. A, a proffer the bouquet. Oh, I feel appreciated thank you uh good uh let me introduce uh let me oh, introduce there's no need to be so nervous <laughs> uh i was getting a little hot under the collar <laughs> slight slight blush perhaps our friend is very shy to meet you and uh you are I... <laughs> you'll have to excuse me i briefly confuse you for this bouquet here you're so short and colorful it's kind of what a what a water you you know <laughs> it's not about how we look, but how we feel, surely. Oh, oh, wisdom. Wise words from a flower. Gabriella just gives her a slow smile at her. By the way, as as um, Gabriella's doing that, can can I tell if if Margaret is kind of putting this on a bit? Um, if this is her genuine persona? Ah, uh, yeah. Go ahead and roll psychology. Or is she just a really awful person? Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that I can spend three points to make it an extreme if needs be. It's up to you. Uh, I might just keep it a hard go on. Save With a up. success, uh, you can tell that she's honestly quite bored and she enjoys messing with people. Uh-huh. She's not, like, trying to hurt you, but she's feeling a bit potentially insecure in herself for some reason. So she's uh, just having some fun in the expense of others, as any good diva might do. Mm. She says, and who are the other two at the back? The, uh, the, uh, the poorly dressed baby and the, the man with the glasses. <laughs> <Good grief>. mm -hmm. <laughs> Oof. Oh, wow. Baby. 
<laughs> the man with the glasses. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is which? <laughs> she's which? I think I know who she's referring to. <laughs> I like it because it's it's, it's it's a good rose because it's confusing. <laughs> we all spend a minute deciphering it. We, we roll intelligence. You have an interesting way of describing people you meet for the first time. Well, I feel like I've known you for a long time, Flora. Can I call you Flora? You look like a Flora. Why not? That's what my mother wants to call me as well. <laughs> um, everyone's getting a little bit <laughs> impatient with this, I think. <laughs> uh, young lady. Oh, we were... young lady? Me? Oh, I thought I had grown too old to be referred to as that, but now you make my heart flutter, truly. Miss Cornwall, I mean, uh, we were rather hoping we could ask you one or two questions. Well, as long as they're one or two and they are, will you kiss me? And how many times? Oh my god. Ephraim <laughs> <laughs> takes a small step backwards. She is extra, isn't she? Mm. Somewhat. I'm a married man. Yeah, he's high, slight, like he maneuvers the bouquet uh, between them. A little bit uh, defensively. <laughs> uh, Charles Gladstone, madam, is in fact the reason we're here. Mm. Um, hoping to, to uh, ask about your. Uh, we believe you were acquainted. Uh, what would you like to know about Charles? Are you friends of his? You don't seem like the type. Uh, if if I may prevail upon your uh, good nature, madam. Yes, sweet we... baby. <laughs> oh, well, that clears that up then. Well, hmm. We um, uh, we are friends of his father. Um, hmm? He has asked us to. Um, he has asked us to look into some of the things that happened around Charles's death. Uh, how tragic. We understand that you were a. A friend of his. A very close friend. We were indeed uh, lovers for a time, but I had grew the relationship after some time, and he seemed ready to move on as well, in fact. I am aware of his death. Ah, <sighs> truly sad. When was the last time you saw him, if you don't mind us asking? Well, I like it more when he's firm with me, but <laughs> I will answer your question too, since you're so handsome as well. <laughs> I I think Gabriella would just give Alice a look to say, just breathe. Don't rise to it. I, I think her, her eye is kind of twitching just a little <laughs> at this point. <laughs> It has been over a month since I saw Charles, so quite a while, indeed. We do understand your um, relationship ended uh, a month or more ago. Yes, and I'm completely over it, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> Imagine wanting to end a relationship with you. I can't possibly picture it. As I said, it was mutual. Uh, may, um, I think Gabriella is very much sensing the tension in the air at the minute. So if there are any chairs, uh, <laughs> she'll start sort of getting them out and uh, says, why, why don't we all just sit down and 
Uh, perhaps, perhaps a drink of some sort. I thought for a moment there you were going to throw one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to sit down, honey. We won't be able to see you if you go any lower. Oh, well, maybe I should uh, sit on your lap instead then. Ooh, that way you can see me. How fun. But in all seriousness, uh, Miss Cornwall, um, we are we are looking into things on behalf of Charles's father. He is most upset with his son's death, and he has trusted us to seek out answers, what he was doing before he died. We did hear that he was working on a, a play of some sort, Loki's Gift. Oh, uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, he was quite obsessed with writing theatre music for that play after I introduced him to a very talented friend of mine. Uh, would that be a Mr. Chillingworth or a Mr. Ridley? Hmm. It is, in fact, Ernest. Ernest Chillingworth. Yes, he's an amazing artist. I, I think it was, oh, since you're asking about dates, about six weeks ago that I introduced them to each other. Haven't seen Charles very much ever since. But Ernest, a delightfully strange person. He pushes the boundaries of art. Let me show you, actually. Let me show you. She pulls out a statuette carved in jade, some 16 inches uh, tall, that she keeps in her makeup table drawer. The sculpture is of a woman with a raised right arm whose dress and lower body flows into a base of curling flames or tentacles. It's hard to tell. How very avant-garde. Don't see very... anything like that at the Royal Academy. <laughs> yes, you know, I keep it because I keep it around because it seems to provoke the strangest reactions from people. Anna sculpted the statuette and gave it to me as a gift. Isn't it wonderful? It is most intriguing. What is it made of? Uh, I believe it's jade. Would you like to mm. get a close look? Well, it's certainly very intricate. I am not uh, big into sculpting, but I myself am a medium. I like to concentrate my feelings around a specific object. Roll a sanity as you're looking at hey. it while you say that. <laughs> hey. First sound roll of oh, the campaign, right. is uh, it? Yeah. Theoretically, I should be fine. Um, let's have a look see. Oh, bang on 80. That's a pass. All right, hey. you're okay for now. For now. It's a very strange statuette. Are you sure it is entirely made of jade? It does look peculiar. Oh, I mean, I'm not the artist. Well, we may well um, decide to visit him ourselves. Uh, perhaps I can ask him then. Do you know who it depicts? Uh, I do not. Perhaps it's me. Don't I look like her? Hmm, <laughs> I was going to ask, did you model for it? Oh, I did not. I, I left my tentacles back at home. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gabriella would genuinely <laughs> laugh at that. <laughs> it was very kind of you to show us that, yes. This uh, chilling worth, um, we understand that uh, Charles was spending time in his company. Uh, what else can you tell us of him, uh, other than he is uh, apparently a brilliant artist, and he'll sort of cock a sort of slightly uh, sceptical eyebrow at the statue. 
Oh, he is just brilliant. You know, he has gathered a, menage a menagerie of artists and Seiko fans who hang around his studio in Soho. They started calling themselves the artist's mind for some reason. <laughs> Most likely to sound clever or pretentious, or both. <laughs> oh, bohemians. Indeed, uh, uh, you did mention the play. He did ask me to be in it initially, you know, a very avant-garde piece, but I don't know much more about it. Unfortunately, oh, right. my schedule is fully booked and I don't have the time to commit to more projects. I am very successful despite my age. I'm sure you could tell from today's performance that uh, I know what I'm doing and I hope that I'm not losing my looks too much. What do you say, handsome? <clears throat> Don't I look good for my age? Darius, absolutely. <laughs> uh, quite fully in the bloom of youth, I should say. <laughs> you wouldn't happen to know where this play is being performed, do you? Oh, I do not. I'm not even sure they've booked uh, a place yet. It's still being written, after all. But again, I haven't seen uh, Charles nor Chillingworth in a little while. In fact, since I introduced them to each other, so I'm afraid I can't help you much more. And unless uh, you want to stay a bit longer for less talking, <laughs> I'm afraid I do have to rest for the evening and be ready for tomorrow's performance. Oh, that's quite all right. I think we've heard quite enough from you. Okay, oh. Gabriella definitely glares at you. <laughs> Just stop with it. Did she say which part of London this uh, menagerie of artists is in? Uh, she did say Soho. I Soho, okay. All right, well, Ephraim is definitely leaning uh, in the direction of the door. He's sort of looking for some kind of surface he can <laughs> put the flowers down on. There's no handy vases around, I assume. No. Chuck the bouquet at him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> run for it while she's distracted. Um, no, he'll just sort of stiffly... Uh, oh, my goodness, of... stiffly? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he she's stands thirsty. fully at attention um, and... <laughs> And proffers the bouquet. Oh, for me? Uh, who else, madam? Just me, I suppose. Well, thank you for visiting. I hope to see you again soon. Uh, good night, you. He'll touch his forelock and... Uh, he will what? Touch his forelock. What's that? <laughs> it's on his forehead, uh -huh. damn it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that's where you wore it. They wore it back in the day. <laughs> He carries it around with him in a pocket. Mm. Ah, Ephraim is leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. She blows you a kiss as you go. I think Francis will give a little awkward bow and uh, and say, uh, um, uh, yeah, the, the show really was um, was quite good. Uh, thank, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Such good taste. Here, have a lollipop. <laughs> she gives you a lollipop on your way out. She just has lollipops? What is this, a dentist? What is she? Yeah, dentist. I was going to say. She's People give her a bunch of things. <laughs> <laughs> a lollipop. I, um, uh, 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 um, thank you. Uh, we'll walk out. I will probably, yeah, I'll probably help escort any sort of babbling men out and... <laughs> just take in the room just for a couple more seconds once more before saying farewell. Farewell. Good night. 
<laughs> and uh, with a swish, I will leave. And you're out of um, Margaret's uh, dressing room, going down the stairs. Well, she was insufferable. <laughs> maybe, maybe to you, Alice, but you have to bear in mind that not everybody we talk to is going to comply in a way that you would like. I, for one, appreciated her calling me a flower. <laughs> <laughs> At least she called you a flower. Um, that is a point, yes. Do, do, do I look like a baby? <laughs> no, Francis, you don't look a day under ten. <laughs> um, oh, the roasting continues. I've started a thing now. <laughs> I, I try and escort people away from the door just so we're out of earshot and say, look, she she's obviously quite bored at this time of the day and <laughs> roasting people in such a way seems to be a thing of her nature. Don't take it personally. I don't know if roasting was Victorian slang, but it is now. It is now. <laughs> they did it all the time. <laughs> the doorman waves at you uh, very interestedly. Gabriella. Uh, and then uh, I imagine you're out of the theatre. What next? Hmm. Well, we've got a few leads, don't we? Mm. Yeah. Let's go over them, I guess. So we, we know that the Chillingworth was introduced to Charles by Cornwall. We know he's in Soho or, or is based in Soho with a sort of group of hangers-on. We don't, we don't actually know where in Soho. We didn't get an address or anything, did we? <laughs> oh, yeah. You did yeah. not. Sort of wonder I, Soho. I think mm. we just need to, like, look out for the nearest person wearing artistic dress with... Look for a hipster. Floppy hair and... Yeah, exactly. So basically no different than to London today. I think we just need another urchin. Yeah, yeah, just send an urchin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Are they like carrier pigeons? <laughs> That's my understanding, yeah. <laughs> they know the city better than the cabbies. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and did we know where this Daniel Ridley is? Was there an address on the envelope from the letter? Uh, there's a very small circle on the map, yes. Uh, yeah, we, we got the address in the letter, didn't we? It's not that small. Yeah. It's a reasonably sized circle. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, okay, for lots of versions about the circle. <laughs> So, and then there's also the Gentleman's Club, um, mm, Pacific Club, yes, which we don't know where it is, but presumably that's that's quite easily easily find outable. Uh, yeah, but just mm. thinking, there's only two of us who can actually go in, you know, logistically yeah. speaking. Oh. I, I doubt they would even wow. have had like female catering staff or or waiters at that yeah, point. Yeah, imagine would they? not. Um, they so um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is. We split the party. Nothing bad ever happened from splitting the party. Nothing. Mm -hmm, never. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's mm -hmm. a slight chance of, like, maybe a lady's room in the club, but from what we've heard so far, I doubt uh, it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like that kind of gentleman's club, but I mean, <laughs> we, can, we can find out. You're right. You know, there's no. no harm asking is there no gabriella will actually uh grin a little and say well you know the way uh, margaret seemed to think of you alice you never know you might get in 
<laughs> oh, no. oh, don't you start. <laughs> I am I'm in only... no mood. <laughs> I, I know. I will. I will stop. I am sorry. I couldn't resist. Could we? Hmm. Could we pin like fake mustaches? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hilarious. Time for hijinks. <laughs> so where do we want to start? Gentlemen's club that possibly only two of us can go to. Uh, random dudes address. Uh, who, if I'm honest, I think might be quite central to this, right? If he was caught, if he was parachuted in to help him finish the the music, he's you could split the party. Ridley, yeah, yeah, we Especially could, we could send the ladies to talk to uh, Ridley or uh, Chillingworth. Yeah, we could go and look for the artists collective in mm -hmm. Soho. I mean, I'm happy to, but Player Me has a very bad feeling about this. Oh yeah, the, the Arts Collective and Daniel, Daniel Ridley are different. Mm. Yes, definitely, yeah. because you you have his home address. You don't have a studio address. Okay. Yeah. So different leads. Well, we could probably find his studio address fairly easily if it's on you know advertisements or in in like a publication or something like a magazine. Or there's the urchins. Just saying. Yeah. Or oh, there's Daniel Ridley, who yeah. might know the address. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have his address. He'll know where, where the other dude is. Yeah, easy. What we could do, given... I, I, I guess we've been watching the musical for at least a couple of hours. It's quite so late, it's quite probably. Late. Yeah, yeah. We're looking yeah. at 10, 10, 30. So this is probably a tomorrow morning thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I suggest... I Yeah, I suggest that tomorrow we do split up um, the gents go and, you know, I guess get get drunk at the gentlemen's club, whatever it is you do there. <laughs> and um, us ladies will go to um, maybe peruse some avant-garde art and see what we can find. Just Yeah, just, pose you know, as buyers. As, yeah, just pose. Well, maybe not even buyers, but, you know, just, you know, enthusiasts. Hmm. I mean, Alice is never going to pass as a bohemian. No. But I think I could. Yeah, you know, mm, you've got true. the whole artistic dress, flowing hair thing going on, whereas Alice is, like, made of whalebone and hairpins. <laughs> yes. That could work to our advantage, though, you know, get two different angles. Yeah? Yeah? You, you, you're trying to introduce your dear friend to something a little <laughs> less rules-based and classic. Yes, uh, the only issue is I know nothing about art. <laughs> I will try and um, get through somehow. I would have thought that um, coming up with uh, artsy, fartsy mumbo-jumbo is probably quite a similar skill to mediuming in many ways. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of cold reading Fast stuff. Talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, wait, are you saying that or is Ephraim saying that? Because if Ephraim's saying that, she'll oh, no, be that's quite... Me. Ephraim's a true believer. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I guess so, so. But with the whole, like, being sensitive and open to the muse and mm -hmm. everything like that. And having a very good fast talk skill also helps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I think we have a plan. So are you off to your individual homes for the night? Uh, I thought we were going off to our individual Ephraim homes. <laughs> he apparently has many homes. Ephraim's bought us all a house, right? Just because yeah. I own multiple houses doesn't mean you guys can all crash at mines. 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 In, in the mines. mines of... 
Okay. We're all going to live um, in a giant, <clears throat> gribbly house share. I don't think things have gotten weird enough for Ephraim to start offering accommodation mm -hmm. as yet. You certainly can't come back to his main house because he's got a family, dang it. And my mm -hmm. wife thinks I'm at a seance right now and things are going to get weird. Well, you, you sort of are at a seance, just one that lasts a very long time and is in various mm -hmm. different places. I, I love that about the Victorian era. It's like, where have you been tonight? At a seance. Oh, that's absolutely fine. Where have yeah, you been tonight, dear? Legit. At the theatre. <gasps> <laughs> 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 Scandal. Mm, okay, we we won't tell. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think I think Gabriella would probably before heading home just quickly check that everything's okay. At um, I was going to say the medium centre, but that just sounds really corny. <laughs> the <laughs> medium centre. Yeah, the that. medium centre. So <laughs> yeah, she'll just have a quick check um, and then head on home for sleep. The medium check. What's that? <laughs> Uh, as in, as in, just, just you know, checking that the doors locked, things like that. Oh, I that. see. You're not like looking at the future or whatever. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Do you actually have a, like a venue? Because I figured you probably went to people's houses or something. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of my clientele does involve going to other people's homes, but she's rich I mean, enough. If, yeah. Yeah. Enough. yeah um, I could have my own little place. That's for some reason what I've always envisaged. Yeah, I'm. I was seeing like a, a parlor where you've yeah. got like yeah. cards and crystal ball and whatever other tools you use. That's what I was thinking. Very cool. Then that is where I go to check that nothing is awry, and then I will head to bed. Okay. To the medium cave. <laughs> <laughs> In the medium mobile. Oh God. What uh, time would you like to gather and where next morning? Hmm. Do you make that plan or do you leave it <laughs> unsaid? Yeah, no, we probably should make that plan. <laughs> yes, can, we, yes. can we work out where the Pacific Club is and can we meet somewhere sort of like in between there and... and is, are you going to Ridley or are you going to Soho? Soho, I was thinking. Yeah, I okay. thought we were going to try and track down the collective. Okay. So do we, can we work out where the Pacific Club is using a directory? You know that Daniel Ridley's home is in Soho also, based on the address. Okay. Yep. And can any form of, of directory or newspaper tell us where yeah. the Pacific Club is? Yeah, it's obvious uh, on a directory. It is in Malibone at 21 Milton Street. Malibone. Okay. Yeah, we could we could maybe take the train if needs be. But I guess the point is, in terms of what we're going to do tomorrow, mm. we probably we probably want to um, go our separate ways, but a, a arrange to meet somewhere in Soho. Because yeah. my, assum my assumption is that you know you guys are going to be wandering around Soho for a bit. You might not have quite found the collective, or you might have found it but not had a chance to talk to anybody. You know, whereas um, Ephraim and I have a very clear place we're going and thing we're doing. Mm -hmm. so, if, so if we aim to meet at you know noon or something, mm. at X coffee house in Soho. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like yeah. it. That seems Makes sensible sense. enough, doesn't it? So, good. Well, then we'll meet at, we'll meet at noon at uh, that coffee shop in Soho. Ah, that's a very well-known coffee shop. <laughs> yes. Run by Mr. That, I believe. I believe it's quite an avant-garde coffee shop also. <laughs> They give you your tea through the medium of interpretive dance. 
Well, actually, perhaps, in all seriousness, there could be some of the collective's art on show, perhaps, in these coffee houses nearby. They're not that legit. Okay. <laughs> these nobodies, forget about mm, it. Okay. I think they're probably more of like the absinthe okay. place and a wine yeah. cellar rather than uh-huh. a yeah, yeah, yeah. tea room, I would imagine. Mm. Well, that sounds like a plan to me. Okay, so you all go to sleep and then in the morning you meet in your separate groups. Mm-hmm. Two of you are going to the Pacific Club. Um, and the other two are going to Soho to research uh, Chillingworth and the, the artist mind. And Alice has tried to dress a little more colourfully than she normally would at this <laughs> point. <laughs> oh, she's, she, she got to her, huh? No, she's just trying to fit in. Oh, I see. But yeah, that too, I would think. <laughs> she's probably like got a paisley shawl or something over her grey dress. I think Gabriella would genuinely understand how much effort you've gone. So we'll we'll try and, you know, compliment you as much mm-hmm. as she can. You continuously just feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> no, not, not that excessively, but Um so let's go to the club first. I'm assuming you would probably walk around for a while anyway until you find something that fits your specifications. You're not going to specific address in the same way. So you would meet in Soho and then walk around, right? Yeah. So let's go to the gentlemen first who are meeting at a specific address. Are you meeting outside the Pacific Club? I think so, yeah. Yeah, sensible to me. Would your characters know of it? I don't know. What what would that be? A Mm. credit racing role or just a no role? Is it a seedy place or is it like an upmarket place? Because I thought it was mentioned to us as a seedy place. It was mentioned as lesser known, I think, wasn't it? Okay, so it's a lesser known one. Okay. Um, I'd know about it if it's posh. If you get earls and stuff there, then I'd know. Mm. You get rich people, but potentially not the L type. Maybe L's, but they probably wouldn't advertise it. That kind of, you know. Interesting. Like, I don't know if all gentlemen's clubs were a bit like gentlemen do go there to do things that they wouldn't do elsewhere, you know? Like, that feels like mm. a gentleman club generically, you know? I'm, I'd be lying right. if I said I know how it worked exactly. It's okay, it's easier probably if you don't know about Yeah, it. let's just say I haven't heard It's also time. relatively new. It uh, only has been in operation for two years, so. Okay. You might not. It's probably for new money. Probably. Okay, let's see what we got. You find yourselves outside the Pacific Club, which is a big traditional building with many windows. Probably not very impressive to you, but impressive to poorer people than you. (laughs) (laughs) Give it a disdainful glance. Everyone is poorer people than Ephraim, aren't they? (laughs) More or less. My father's an L, you know. Oh, this isn't a patch on my house. <laughs> That's just what he's doing. He's just muttering to himself while he waits. Mm-hmm. Are we essentially inquiring about membership? Is that uh, the plan? Um, that's actually a really good question. What are we doing here? I guess we're trying to find anybody who would have known... Um, what's his name? Charles, right? Yes, we know he spent time here. Yeah, so we we'll need to be members for that, presumably. We need to come in and schmooze, right? Well, I guess so. Um. I mean, I, I meant more as a sort of ruse for us to be there, but um, I suppose mm-hmm. we—I I, I don't know entirely how it works. I suppose we could just ask if we can partake of the rooms for a 
for a fee, wander around, see who's there, get a drink, talk to some people. I think that's a good idea. Well, it starts with a knock at the door, doesn't it? Certainly. How about it? Uh, when you arrive, the d- a doorman greets you in the foyer area. Welcome to the Pacific Club. How may I help? Uh, we uh, were wondering if we might uh, partake of the facilities for the day. I'm afraid uh, membership to the Pacific Club is by invitation only. Oh, I see. Uh, and is there no uh, invitation fee that might be uh, covered? I'm afraid membership to the Pacific Club is by invitation (laughs) only. I love this guy already. Okay, uh, well, Ephraim would like to uh, gently but firmly um, shoulder Francis aside. Um, Sorry, Knox. That's okay. Uh, And say, what Avery here is trying to say, bless him, um, is that we want to see what sort of rooms you've got here. Got some rather select friends who might be interested in an event I'm planning. And I can make it work a while, obviously. Just you run along, talk to whoever's in charge here, tell them I want to rent a room. Name's Glyford. Roll me a credit rating, I guess. Alrighty. <laughs> uh, that's an 80, but happily my credit rating is 90. <laughs> I'll um. just sort of casually, like, fold a, like, a banknote into his hand. He looks intimidated and just proceeds to nod politely and show you to the sitting room uh, off the front hallway. You can tell that this is the only room that non-members are admitted to because there's some other people around. Uh, He says, the manager will be right with you. Please take a seat. Thank you. Turns away. By invitation only. That normally suggests a relatively exclusive establishment. Uh, they all try and push that sort of rot, you know, they pretend it keeps the riffraff out. Doesn't work, of course. Yes. It doesn't look like the kind of place that would have a particularly, um, well, exclusive clientele. If we look at the other people in this room, what sort of vibe are we getting? Um... We didn't bring our psychic, of course. These are non-members, so there's no, like, specific vibe. They're various people. Okay. But they look reasonably... Well off. Well off and not like... They're not like straight from the circus or what have you. No. Okay. <laughs> so this this could be anywhere. Is there any sort of artsy bent to them or anything? Uh, n- not really, no. Hmm. Hmm. Well, perhaps we need to uh, simply speak truth to the manager when he comes and say that we're inquiring about an ex-member. Yeah, could do. He might get a bit tight-lipped, of course. They, uh... You know, trying to stick to a code of secrecy. Nobody wants, uh, nobody wants something getting to the papers and then getting traced back to you as a source. We're bad for business. That's true. After 15 minutes, a man you assume must be the manager, a short, thin, white man with a well-maintained moustache, perfectly dressed with polished shoes and white gloves, enters and greets you. But let's go back to or other geo and see what they're up to in Soho for a little bit. So what are, what are the ladies doing in Soho? I guess our plan is to walk around and kind of try to find something that could lead us to the artist's mind. 
I imagine that um, a, a police officer on the beat would be a good person to ask. Yeah, it's a possibility. But would they? Do you think they'd they'd know? I mean, is is it the kind of place that would have a? Oh yeah, I guess they they would be quite suspicious of artistic types, wouldn't they? So they probably would. Well, I mean, they might not know exactly what it is, but if if we ask a vague question like, are there lots of people with mopped hair walking around somewhere, or someone with a canvas under their arm? Um, I mean, yeah, I think Gabrielle would, would take a gander if there's a police officer nearby. It's worth a try. Okay. Roll me luck amongst the two of you. Ah. Whoever has the lowest from the two of you. Uh, I have... Uh, I've got 60 luck. I got 45. Over to you then. Okay. Uh, that was a 52. That's a fail. Okay, so it takes a little while and you can't find um, a beat cop for a while. And when you do, they don't seem to be able to help you. Uh, And you've probably spent quite a lot of time wandering around and you wonder maybe whether that's not the way to go about it. Well, I must apologize for wasting both our time. I should have just taken us to a a public house. Barman seemed to know everything and everyone. Well, it's no disaster. I mean, at least we know now that this isn't the place to be looking. We've knocked a few kind of streets off our list, I suppose. Either that, or these fellows are quite inconspicuous. Perhaps they don't even meet during the day. Hmm, this is true. They are probably asleep under a table somewhere. (laughs) it is quite early in the morning hmm maybe some shops should we see if we can find an art dealer and find their most bohemian looking picture or sculpture and see where the conversation goes from there alright sounds good okay so I guess we go in search of some kind of art dealers sounds good Uh, let's go back to our friends at the Pacific Club, briefly, who have just been greeted by the Pacific Club manager, who's introduced himself as Mr. Michael Robbins. Hello, I've been told you'd like to speak to me. He gives you a wide smile. He looks uh, at you up and down every (laughs) minute. (laughs) He's like, just nods in like approval, nods in your credit rating potentially. <laughs> he inspects my wallet thoroughly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the character sheet written in your wallet. Yes, exactly. How can I help you? Um, Did we agree how we're playing this? Are we are we are we pretending we want to be members, or are we just saying we're asking about an ex-member? Oh yeah, we didn't really agree on it. Um, <laughs> well, this is an awkward time. I don't think you can. I figured We're I was just gonna. I was just gonna sort of drop cash until he let us become members on the spot and wander around. Honestly. Well, then Francis will definitely look to Ephraim. You know, given the dynamics in that relationship. That's true. Your family owes me and all the rest of it. <laughs> all that good, good backstory. We're never gonna hear about. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, um, don't mind me while I uh, rich privilege myself through this interaction. Morning, sir. Name's Glyford. Hope you know you've kept us waiting. Oh, I, I am very sorry. I appreciate you've been waiting here for a long time. However, there is a lot of business to attend to. But again, I apologize uh, for making you wait. How can I help you? Well, lucky for you, I'm rather in a position to bring quite a lot more business your way. But I uh, rather like to look around the premises first myself. We're thinking we, uh, my, myself, and my friend Francis here, could become members today. I am afraid, as uh, I'm sure uh, has been explained to you already, uh, membership in the Pacific Club is... Imitation, yes, yes, no, I listen. I know how it works. I am a member of half dozen clubs. I make large donations every year. I believe me, I know. Speaking of donations, I appreciate there's going to be a fee to expedite the process. And I would like to just whack like a certain substantial amount of cash on the table. Uh, he kind of tugs at his collar, like, <clears throat> however generous of you th this this is, I'm, I'm afraid I, I cannot allow you an uh, invitation into the club without a sponsor. It is not about the money. It is about the legacy of the club and the owners have made their instructions very clear. However, there are some other wonderful clubs not far away from here that I have connections to that I would be very happy to get you membership in um, today even. I can I can make some calls. Uh, very generous donations that any other club would certainly appreciate. He Come gives now, you a big sir. smile that does not meet his eyes. Let's not play around. I've already told you I'm a member of all the clubs I care to be. It's lucky for you I've walked through your door today. I've had this place recommended to me. I shan't oh, name any perhaps names. perhaps the person who recommended you can be your sponsor. I don't have time for these games, sir. I won't say I'm not disappointed. I had heard this was a serious establishment, and I'm considering taking my business elsewhere. Now, this is my final offer. And I'd like to add to the stack of cash. He smiles at you really widely, but his eyes look like he's about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I am afraid that I'm under strict instructions to not allow members without a sponsor. But perhaps, perhaps... Can we roll psychology? I want to know if it's like the prospect of losing this money that's making him cry or if he's under duress. Yeah, I've got pretty decent psychology. Please, right. enlighten us. I'll give it a go, but I'm not quite sure. Oh, that's an eight. That's, I oh, think wow. that's an extreme. Ooh, well, I, I'm 82, so uh, Ephraim is just fuming. He, he learns nothing. Uh, he's scared of Ephraim and his money, and he wants the money, but he is under very clear orders that this club is membership only. So even if he accepts your money, he's gonna lose his job instantly if he lets you in. Uh, I, Ephraim, I, I, I don't think the gentleman is at liberty to uh, grant us membership today. Perhaps it's something we can revisit uh, once we uh, find ourselves a suitable sponsor. Would you be able to answer any questions regarding the establishment, sir? Is that within your purview? Uh, well, uh, about the establishment, perhaps, but uh, of course, information about our members and uh, other uh, outgoing uh, businesses are private and confidential. As you must understand, uh, any respectable gentleman's club must maintain some some confidentiality and some respect for their members. Of course, of course. Uh, I assume you would mean your current members. Uh, uh, yes. 
Ah, I see. We are friends of the Gladstones, uh, and I believe that uh, a former uh, member of your club, Charles Gladstone, uh, spent time here. He has sadly passed away, uh, and it is uh, his known associates and uh, movements before his death that we are in uh, inquiring about. I see. Are you part of uh, an investigation? Uh, perhaps informally so, yes. Friends of the family helping to do uh, some tasks that the family do not feel capable of doing themselves at this time. Discreetly, we should add. Certainly no press, no police. Well, ah, uh, he says at the word of cash you've left on the table. I'm sure that, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that we would be able to uh, uh, tip you for your time and for the uh, drinks that you will uh, provide us with to uh, soothe our uh, disappointment at being unable to join. Yes, uh, of course, some drinks. Uh, he calls one of the busboys and says, a bit begrudgingly, he was uh, he was never a member, though he did visit. Uh, Gladstone was a little too rough around the edges to ever be a member of the club. You know, he was rumored to be a gambler and spend time with women of ill repute. I overheard Gladstone once speak of a brothel in Whitechapel that he liked to frequent. But he was not a member, so I suppose this isn't confidential. I see. And uh, did he tend to uh, attend in the company of anyone in particular, or...? Is that not something you can share, and I'll sort of look sort of meaningfully at the pile of cash. <laughs> I'm afraid I uh, I could not share that. That is confidential indeed. I see. So he attended as a guest of a current member, is that fair? Everyone has to, yes. I see. Is there anything else that you can tell us about his uh, state of mind or uh, the things that you overheard? You've mentioned some troubling aspects of his uh, of his uh, interests. Did you hear him mention any names from outside of your membership? No, he's only visited a couple of times and that's all I've heard. I, I don't know anything else, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm very sorry. I couldn't be of more help. No, you've been uh, perfectly helpful. Um, the membership of your club, if we are to try and find ourselves sponsors, do you have a certain specialism? Is this a, a club for those in a certain profession or with specific interests? No, it's just about knowing the right people. I see. So no particular artistic bent or anything of that sort? <laughs> no. Well, I thank you for your time. And uh, Ephraim, I assume you're happy to pay for the drinks? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ephraim's been frowning this whole time. He's <laughs> glad you've gotten the info out of him. Um, but he's uh, he's not happy with this chaffy. Um, but he does, yeah, uh, begrudgingly fork over whatever reasonable amount for drinks is. Plus a tip for our friend, of course. 
I meaningfully pat the wad of cash already on the table and slide it across towards the guy. Oh, wow, you're giving him the whole shebang. I don't, okay, fine. Well, I thought you were telling me to add more money. No, I was no, me, I wasn't. I was, like, I was like, you know... No, you know what? Yeah, I'm angry with the guy, fine. Then I, I harumph and I pick up the wad of cash and I remove, like, a sizable chunk and then I slide the rest of it towards him. <laughs> he keeps smiling at you and he says, thank you for your generosity. Yes, quite. Good day to you. Good day to you, sir. Have a wonderful morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was glad to have you in there, Avery. I won't deny that man was starting to get my goat. I I felt that it was time to take a different uh, tack, Ephraim. Um, I fear that we haven't learned that much, really, other than more rumours about uh, Charles's interests. No, I rather hope the ladies have found something more interesting. Yes, perhaps we should head to Soho a little early. Back to the ladies we go. You're looking for an art dealer, is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay, you take some time, but you manage to find an art dealership and you go inside. It, uh, luckily enough, has bohemian art in it that you can mm-hmm. see. Uh, the newest trends and fashions, not that you know anything about them. Um, and then there's this uh, older lady with wild grey hair and a long dress that is uh, manning the desk. I think Alice looks around at the walls for a moment. Not she, She's completely out of her element here. She's got no idea what she's looking at, but um, she'll kind of do that thing where you're slightly puzzled in an art gallery where you just sort of stand with your head slightly on one side, <laughs> yep, going mm-hmm. mm, yes, mm, mm, I am very intelligent and cultured and I know what I'm looking at mm, yes I think I think Gabriella, whilst again she doesn't really know anything about arts per se, she will still use this with a, a medium lens, shall we say so she quite deliberately looks around and kind of fixes her eyes on on the most appealing piece she can find whether it's you know beautiful or or just intrinsic or what have you and um she will not quite reach out and touch it but she will definitely raise a hand towards it and and close her eyes and hopefully this will get the woman's attention at the front from trying to touch the painting. <laughs> well, if she believes it's touching, but um, Gabriella won't actually touch it. Yeah. Is it speaking to you, Gabriella? Yes. This is becoming much clearer to me now. Do you want to ro- roll a power roll? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Oh, yes. Uh, that is a 21 out of 80. Hey. Okay, you drew temperance. So what you're getting is going to extremes and you know, there's no it's like not a healthy approach to whatever you're doing. Addiction, gluttony, once again breaking relationships to pursue those extreme goals. Just tearing something, someone tearing apart. That's what you're getting from art in general. (laughs) Lots of thoughts are going through her head. Um, 
and I think she would be kind of like blurting out little little thoughts, but in a quiet murmur to the you know it's not particularly audio uh, audible. Wait, she did break his heart. I'm sure. Well, this is intriguing. The lady at the desk approaches you and she says, "Yes, uh, this is quite an exquisite piece from uh, 1739. I, I've, I remember this one. Yes, uh, do you like it? It certainly speaks to me. Yes, it's intriguing." Right, the use of the colors, the the dark brown and the and the red, and then the the hint of yellow, just a splash of it. I just the rawness, the rawness of the emotions. It really, uh, it really brings out that artistic despair, wouldn't you say? I am feeling great energy from it, um, mm. wildness with the colors. Yes. yes, you clearly know your art. Gabriella's little smile. Uh, who uh, painted this? Well, as it says in the little label there, it was Wilford Audley. Great, great painter. Although some say that is not his real name, but just a pseudonym. Never met the man myself. Ah. Seventeen something, of course. It's, it's Even more ago. mysterious. Mm. Oh, I could not fathom what occurs in an artist's mind. I just deal with the wonderful... Uh, little flowers that spurt from from them. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, you wouldn't happen to know of a collective by that name, would you? The artist's mind. The artist's mind. Hmm. Yes, that, that does ring a bell. Uh, it's a a gathering of of some art love lovers, isn't it? I quite I got a strange one, but. I, I haven't been myself, but I have heard of it. Strange, you say? Oh, they get into so, all sorts of mischief, but you know artists, they always oh, try yes. to test limits and push boundaries. That's what makes their art so great. Would you happen to know where they frequent? Mm, I don't know it myself, but I believe I could find you the address. That would be most helpful. Uh, what are you looking for? Is there any way I can help? Perhaps you'd like to purchase these wonderful piece? Or are you trying to commission one of the artists there? I look towards our more artists dealer type looking person, <laughs> aka Alice. We are in the market for something avant-garde. Oh. Hmm. And this uh, doesn't quite fit your criteria, does it? Oh, well, don't get us wrong. It is it is beautiful and very thought-provoking, but we have heard things about this artist's mind. We, we not only want to see the art, but we want to see the minds behind it, shall we say. Yes, uh, the um, wave of the future of art. Mm. This is a stunning piece, of course, but 1739, we are looking for something more modern. We are nearly in the 20th century, of course. It is true. It is, I do have more modern pieces as well, if you'd like to look at them, but I understand. I I don't want to disappoint you, but I believe I've heard the rumour that the main artist in the collective has actually moved away from painting and sculpting recently, more to uh, uh, theatre pieces. Ah. Oh? Would this 
be music, perchance? Oh, I believe it's writing, uh, theater. Oh, I know whatever comes along with it, I'm sure. I suppose the muse takes many forms. Mm. Mm. Makeup, Indeed. costume design. Mm-hmm. Artistic dress. Yes. I, I suppose. Well, if you, if you come back in, a, in an hour, I will have figured out the address for you if you'd like. But you're welcome to uh, stay and look at the paintings. You're very kind. Yes. Uh, we, we may well have other things to do this morning, um, but I may... Stay for a few moments if my associate lets me. Oh, I'm sure we can spare a few moments. Very well. And uh, Gabriella kind of gives a nod on and realizes that she's kind of just asked you permission. <laughs> but um, yeah, she'll um, she'll get another feel um, for the place, just her general sort of, you know, her aura searching or whatever you want to call it. Um, but she will. She will talk about her theories with you and uh, she'll say to you whether, you know, inside the shop or out, she'll say, um, I felt more uh, tugging towards addictions again. Something tore him apart. Well, I suppose time is getting on, Alice. Perhaps uh, we should head to the coffee shop and hope that the others have gleaned some information. Yes. I don't think that was a wasted morning by any stretch of the imagination though we certainly have a lead we do yes but we still don't know quite where they are well how hard can they be to find and on your way you are to meet each other at that coffee shop <laughs> and that brings us to the end of today's episode thank you so much everyone Jason, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia and of course our amazing co-editor Brayden you've all been the best and a big massive thank you to our listeners you're all exceptional your listens, comments and ratings are incredibly helpful but if you want a way to support us further please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right where you get access to episodes a week early what's that? we have a new patron on board? that's right Thank you so much for your support, Thomas Janu. May the omens be ever in your favor. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our cult elder and avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind the scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website, starsarai.com and in the description of this episode. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, I'd like to urge our lovely fans to leave us a review and let us know what you think. Reviews help us reach more people and give us that extra boost of enthusiasm to keep doing what we love. You can find all the places you can review us at starsaright.com forward slash reviews. Thank you.